happy Monday, beautiful people. Welcome to Love, Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Girls Ivy. That's the get down on the get down. How y'all doing? Uh, we got a little snow this weekend. Not a lot. I was, I you know, as much as I didn't want snow, I wanted a little bit more snow. But it snowed. It's all right. It was, a, it was an event. It wasn't, you know, it's not the snow of my youth. It's all right. It's pretty. Now it's gone, I guess. I guess now it's icy out. It'll warm up again, I think. And then we're supposed to get some rain tomorrow. Tomorrow I won't be here. Because tomorrow is my colonoscopy. You know, where they go up there and take a look-see in the colon. <laughs> and if they find anything, they, they remove it. <laughs> the last time I had this done was 10 years ago. So, you know, you have to do it every 10 years. So here I am hitting at 60. The next time I get it done, I'll be 70. Hopefully I've got two or three more times to get it done. <laughs> so we'll see. So tomorrow uh, 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 I got to get myself to Meriden and uh, uh, my, my, my good, my bestie Ife is going to ride shotgun and uh, we'll get there tomorrow before the rains start. We'll be, I'll be there and back before uh, the afternoon rains start the foolishness that they say is coming. And then uh, at 10.15 today, Ife is coming on to talk about the year Baldwin because James Baldwin uh, is turning 100 years old. And so there's kinds of uh, uh, Baldwin activities going on, uh, I guess, around the world, particularly here in America and in France. Because, uh, you know, he he held court in Paris. So they've got some activities planned on, activities, events, um, things to remember him. Um, and then we're going to do our best here in New Haven uh, with uh, the Elm City Lit folks. That's Ife. So culturally lit, Elm City Lit, um, they are, they're going to uh, uh, do uh, some activities for 100 Years of Baldwin. And they've got year-long commitments of things to do. So no excuse, people. Uh, you can get your Baldwin on uh, uh, all year. There's some activity highlighting, showcasing James Baldwin. And 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 I believe they're going to read some of the books. So if you've been hankering to read some James Baldwin, here's your opportunity. Uh, so I'm I'm here for it. And of course, this summer we'll 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 have some salons on the porch, uh, but you know, summer is a ways off. But um, they're kicking off Baldwin this month, and then every month there'll be some activity, you know, a bunch of activities. So tune in for Ife; she'll be on at ten fifteen uh, to talk about uh, the year of Baldwin, and I, I'm excited. And if you've been on social media, you've seen all the great uh, creatives, you know, all the all the flyers that look so so good. So, so, so yeah, so we can talk about that and, wh and why this is important and, uh, you know, and why James Baldwin is so relevant right now. God, it's as if he is among us. <laughs> Ooh, it is like he is among us. So we go, we go. Uh... Oh, God, they want to take up my whole day. Girl. Anyway. Uh, 
I'm gonna uh anyway it's Monday and uh Harry did you see the plane uh well well first of all let me let me say this I I didn't do much this weekend you know winter weekends are not the same as my summer weekends I will tell you that uh so this weekend I mean I, I I've been consistently going to the gym I saw my cardiologist on Friday that's the activity I went to the gym on Friday that's the activity Saturday Saturday uh I uh I uh I put in my application for Yukon law so I'm five for five so I got five applications out I think I got one more in me maybe two I'm thinking one but we'll see uh I'm gonna get that in and then uh and then I'll be done and then I just wait in here if somebody if somebody picks me for their team <laughs> That was my weekend. I no, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't I didn't show up to nothing. I made some coffee. That was a very relaxing weekend. Very, very relaxing weekend. Very relaxing weekend. Um I'm I was glad of it. Um, and then let's see, what else is going on? Uh and that's it. Like I had my writers group yesterday. Sundays I meet. We meet on Zoom at eleven. We go from eleven to twelve. And I I've been committed to the last couple of years. We've been doing this since twenty twenty two, I guess. So I've been committed to uh, poetry because I I believe myself to be a poet. I think like a poet. Sometimes I talk like a poet. You know, depends. Uh, so anyway, I've been I've been putting in a little poetry. For the last couple of years, so I have a whole journal committed to poetry, and it's interesting to go back to the very first meetings that we had because I I had settled on poetry. I settled on poetry rather early, but I didn't start with poetry, and I'm so glad that I have this commitment to poetry. This keeps me sharp. Um. So yeah. So it's Monday. I go to the gym after I get off here. I gotta go to the gym and work out. Tomorrow I'm not here. I've got a colonoscopy to get done, and then uh. Wednesday, Dr. DJ is coming on. I was on his podcast. His podcast is up and floating around. So if you want to listen to it, I'm I'm on his podcast. It's great. It's a great conversation. It's all about chasing yourself. So I was happy to speak to that. That's what he wanted me to talk about. And so that's what I did. Uh let's see. Um let's see. Uh Thursday, I got stuff going on. Nothing in the evening, so that's fine. And then Friday, uh, the New Haven Port Laureate is coming on. Shamar is coming on. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing him, talking to him. So January is flying by. It is flying, flying by. I've got Dan Kennedy and company. Dan Kennedy and uh, Ellen Clegg are coming on uh, Thursday because they'll be here next week to talk about their book. Uh, and, you know, they're some of my favorite people. So it would be nice to just chop it up with them on my show, because um, I had that wonderful conversation with Dan Kennedy. He came and hung out at my house. Uh, and I think we were still, uh, this was still kind of pandemic-ish. <laughs> so he came and uh, chopped it up at my house for a little bit, watched me do my set. I mean, he sat in my house you know, 
took a picture on the porch, which he liked and kept and used it. <laughs> it was nice. A good time. And then he wrote a piece on it and it went all over the place. And um, uh, and so he's been a, a, a help to grow some of this audience. The people, people discovered me through him who probably wouldn't have discovered me. I don't know what they're discovering, child, because, you know, my particular brand of ish is just my own particular brand of ish. So, so that's, so I've got a lot of conversations this week as I prepare myself to, to go to synagogue. I'm, I'm going to synagogue, but I, I got to get through this January, which is fine. Um, MLK day is next Monday. So we are going to, uh, play the speeches of MLK as we do on this show. Um, because I just, I feel so, uh, uh, convicted about, you know, playing these speeches in their entirety throughout the day, just loop them in so that if people tune in or whatever, you know, because when you watch the news, they don't rarely anybody plays these speeches more than two or three seconds. You know, they pick and choose the mess that they want to hear out of it. And then they keep it moving, you know, and, and we're, we're, we are raising up a generation of kids who will not hear these speeches in their entirety that are becoming so far away from them. Um, that is a shame. So, so this is our part. So Harry and I made this commitment when I first started doing this show that we would play these speeches. And we've been doing it ever since for the last, I don't know, Harry, five years or so, seven, however long I've been sitting in this seat, we've been playing these speeches on MLK Day, all of them. And Harry does a great job of just running them all, finding them all. So, so that's one of the things that I'm uniquely proud of that, that we have the ability to do that. And that these speeches are accessible. You know, that they are accessible. And we don't we don't just we don't just we don't play the, the popular we don't just uh run the popular ones, we run all the play, all the all the speeches, you know, as many as we can in the two hours that I have. Um and and I'm I'm grateful. So so you know, so so what I'll probably do is just jump on and say good morning. And uh, just and do this again and say, listen, we're going to run these speeches for the next two hours for the show. And uh, we hope that you enjoy them and that periodically you just, you know, tune in if you can, if you want to hear some of the speeches, just sit, sit and hear them. Like, don't don't put them on and go do dishes. Don't put them on and, 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 and read. S sit and listen to these speeches. Give yourself a, a good amount of time to sit and listen to the speeches and then and then if you want it in the background fine but give yourself some time to sit and hear these speeches in their uh entirety so so that's that's the that's the lay of the land uh today some babies were born over the last day i'm excited um my 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 soror uh and sister friend and landlord, uh, Robin Godwin, uh, my niece Marissa had her baby. Uh, Harper was born on the 4th, I think. And, uh, you know, Tom Breen and uh, and Lucy Gelman had their baby. So uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. So... I don't I don't know what's happening with my with this uh keypad. I can't seem to get anything to work. 
Oh. It just won't let me. It just won't let me be great. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to go through. Sometimes it'll do it. Sometimes it won't. I don't know. This thing is just so such a drag. Uh, anyway, uh, so I I did a lot of uh, TV watching. You know, I discovered um, uh, Monarch Monsters, and 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 I I finished it. I binge watched the whole first season. I was bummed because I wanted more. But you know, it's all about the beginnings of Monster Island, what we call Monster Island, and Monarch and the and what they were trying to do and. And uh, it's such a good run. Oh my God, it's such a good run. I love everything about it. And then, you know, it's, I guess it's the origin story of Godzilla, kind of Godzilla and all the other monsters and how they are on Monster Island. And you know, what trips me out the most is, because that Godzilla is like larger than life and he just pops in and pops out and they can't ever seem to find him. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell do you lose a titan? <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. All the technology, <laughs> and they can't stay on top of where Godzilla is. That for me is the most hilarious part of all of that. But it's so well done. It's just well done, and. uh um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, so, uh, let's see. So, anyway, um, so I watched Monarch. Let me get the right title. Cause I, 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 cause it's on Apple TV. I am so enamored of Apple TV. Out of all the streaming ish that I have, and God knows we we got a lot at the house. Uh, Apple TV is chalking up to be my favorite because I just got the most eclectic lineup of stuff. And uh, so this is what I watched. Monarch, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So it's a <laughs> it's an American monster television series. It's got a lot of Asian folks in it. And it's got a black girl in it. Based on uh Godzilla, uh, as the sixth installment in the second television series in the Monsterverse franchise. I had no idea. So uh so it was created by Chris Black and developed by Black and Matt Fraction for Apple TV Plus. Following the events of Godzilla 2014, the 10-episode series. The 10-episode series follows uh, members of the Monarch organization as they encounter Godzilla and other monsters called Titans. So that's how I knew the monsters to be called Titans. So, so I was like, oh, shoot. But anyway, uh, nine episodes, one season. I, I hope it comes back. It is really, really good. It's really, 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 really good. I've, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying it very much. 
it is a hit for me. So I watched that. I watched um, Hijacked with uh, Idris Elba. And uh, and it's a, now, this is another one that I enjoyed very much. It was, it was a wild ride. So the premise is this. So Idris Elba is a, uh, he's a, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that can talk people down from stuff. You know, he's a negotiator. I, I don't know if he's a hostage negotiator or a hostile, whatever, uh, uh, person, you know, not, he's not a hostile person. He gets into hostile situations and talk people down from whatever they think they're going to do. So, uh, so it's a, it's like a little mini series. It's like, uh, I don't know, like five, seven episodes, you know, and, uh, so I watched it yesterday. It was so good. So it's a seven part thriller mini series. And, uh, I, I watched it and hopefully there should be a season two, but I don't think he should be like on a plane again. Cause then it starts to feel like, um, Bruce Willis's, uh, you know, uh, what is it? What is it? Bruce Willis franchise, uh, die hard. Uh, so, so the premise of the story is uh, Idris Elba is Sam, a talented business negotiator, uh, must use his skills to broker a peaceful end to a hijacking of a seven hour flight from Dubai to London. Now, here's the crazy part. Now, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just you know, you know, somebody like me who watches a lot of TV, I could discern stuff that's not believable. And I don't need stuff to be believable or plausible. I just know when I notice it. So there's like five hijackers to a plane of like 200 people. <laughs> and wait, the hijackers don't even have real guns. Like one cat has a real gun. Everybody else, all the other hijackers, they're just tough talking. Whole plane of people, five hijackers. Uh, three, th uh, four men, one woman. <laughs> now, there's lots of men on this plane. Lots of people on this plane. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss as to why all these people didn't just kick their ass and they would have been done. <laughs> like they wouldn't have been flying this plane for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> running from these five little people with fake guns. <laughs> what and then there's a guy on the flight who knows that somebody has a fake gun you know who knows that these guns are fake because he makes them <laughs> so anyway i was just like all right whatever 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 uh, but it was good it was a good ride there was some things in there that was well played well executed i was like all right now all right now you know and then they had a couple of scenes where I thought, you know, they, you, you know how you have a ringleader and he's always a tough talking one, always trash talking, always putting people down. Well, they iced that one. And I was just like, see, that's what you have to do with a bully right there. Like, we got something to do. We're not listening to you. You're not listening to us. You're disrespectful. You're talking trash. And then next thing you know, they just take him out. I was like, oh, ain't he the leader? Guess not.
anyway, Hijacked is a good ride. If you want to watch a good ride, you know, suspense, drama, intrigue, like lots of things that are ins and outs. I saw some uh, British characters in there I haven't seen in a while. So it's nice to see some of them back back on the saddle. I mean, some of the things were just far-fetching. I was like, you know, a lot of a lot of collateral damage that I, I just didn't see the point of, but okay. Okay. Uh, let me get back to you. Why people think that they could talk to me while I'm working <laughs> and trying to book me on the trying to book this show while I'm on doing the show? That I can't do it. <laughs> you just wait to eleven. I'll get back to you at eleven. I'm like, come on, <laughs> this is live, <laughs> people. <sighs> You know, people calling me, sending me messages. I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. I can't talk to you. So anyway, that's the way of the world. That's the way of the world. So so anyway, so that's what I watched. I watched that. Um, what else did I watch? I mean, I got some good TV watching in this weekend, which was really nice. I enjoyed that very much. And I'm glad I got to, I got to, uh, got to watch some TV, um, Apple TV. So that's, that's my new, my new, uh, that's my new thing. <laughs> watching, watching some Apple TV. <laughs> and they got some good stuff. And you know what I like about it? They got a lot of sci-fi stuff. Cause you know, I like that quirky sci-fi stuff. I I love a good sci-fi so they've got another show um, that I might start watching uh, because, and then, and then, you know, I got to get myself ready to start packing for, uh, uh, where am I going? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, Senegal. So I got to get, I got to get packing for that. So, so that's the, that's the idea is to uh, get ready for that. So. I gotta go get my my yellow fever shot. I gotta. So many things I have to do. So many things I have to do. I gotta just do stuff. But anyway, um, a lot going on. So so yeah. So I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna send some of this to uh, Harry. Harry, I'm gonna send you Ife stuff. Cause she's got the year of Baldwin stuff, and uh, you know, or Ife, you can send it to Harry too. I think she emailed it. I'll I could send it to him. It's not a big deal. But the launch party for uh, Baldwin is coming um, Saturday the twentieth from six to nine. So at the Bricks. And the Bricks is my Sora, uh, uh, Karima's uh, uh, commitment to creating spaces, interesting spaces for expression of all matters and sorts. So uh, I think that'll be way, way cool. So it's a lot going on, you know. Uh, 
Yeah, so Ife is our guest at 1015. And then, and then, you know, after we get through the year of Baldwin, you know, we got to get ready for uh, the save for Zora Neale Hurston, which I'm so here for, you know. I'm so, 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 so here for. So we'll see what happens. And then uh, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping by the time I get back from Senegal, I will have some sense of where I'm going for law school. Because <laughs> I we I was at uh, Professor Foreman's house and uh, and uh, I, uh, I got a chance to, uh, you know, work on my, work on my um my last Yukon application. So the five applications that I did, I did them at his house. And so, you know, he put the camera on and like, hey, all right, Bass, how's it feel? We five for five. Yes, we are. <laughs> you know. Uh so I so I I'm 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 very excited. Uh about that. And and I think I might, I think I might have a reveal party. You know how you have reveal parties to say, it's a boy, it's a girl, it's it's twins, it's whatever. So I think I might do that. I might. We'll see. I'm I, I think something's gonna happen, like something around those lines. Because I I I done made everybody come along on this ride with me that we might as well do something more with it, right? People have been so supportive. I've been so supportive in this whole law school odyssey. People have been so kind. So I was like, listen, keep let's keep it going. And then I, maybe I could raise some money for some books because I know these damn books are going to cost me a small fortune. <laughs> and Ruby Ruby Melton already gifted me the um, the Black Law Book, the um, Black's Law Dictionary which I have, which is so sacred to me now because every time you go in a lawyer's office, you see it somewhere. So anyway, she gifted me hers, which is probably like the kindest, sweetest thing. So thank you, Ruby, for that. I have, It's right there. It's, I, I, it's not too far from me. So, so I, I want to build my own little law library kind of vibe. So, so maybe when I do my reveal, I was like, listen, don't, you know, I know people know I love wine and spirits. Don't bring me that. Bring bring me money for books. Because <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just a poor black child from Mississippi. Mississippi, but ain't that the Steve Martin line in uh uh in his little movie, uh uh where he's like white, he's with the black people and misses me. I'm a, just a little black boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord have mercy lord have mercy so uh, uh that, that's that's where we are so 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 keep your keep your ears peeled for that uh, uh and i've got some more interesting guests coming up we'll talk about that as we get closer into the into the uh into the month as we move through the month. And then um, let's see what else is going on. Huh, 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 huh. There was a shooting on Carmel Street the other day. Uh, I think it was the first homicide of the year. I only mentioned it because it was so startling because Ife's family home is on Carmel Street. And, you know, we spend a lot of time, we used to spend a lot of time over there. Um, and so, 
Um, and it and it was it was not some random thing. It was between two parties, whatever. And so it was. And I, 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 you know, when they say that, I don't know if that makes people feel safer or better that it wasn't just some random killing. I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't even understand how what why why that is comforting to people. <laughs> I mean, I I think I get why it's comforting to people that you know. Listen, I don't got to worry about some random person out here just shooting at people willy nilly. That they had a real target in mind. I guess I don't know. No, what do I know? It's twenty twenty four. Ah, it's twenty twenty four, and it's just like gosh, too much, too much. Too much. Just it's just a lot going on. That's all right. That's that's what the world is. The world is life life and the world is full of opposing uh conditions, you know, sorrows and celebration all 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 at once. And 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 I say this all the time. We have the capacity to hold space for all of it. You know, so on the one hand, uh, we have death and destruction. On the other hand, we have celebrations and good news and 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 births. And 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 we can't have one without the other. I mean, we'd like to have one without the other, but um, one without the other is a little hollow, I think. Um, and uh, and 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 until we learn these lessons about uh, we are all human and that we all have to occupy this earth. Until we learn those lessons and get along, we're going to have these opposing forces at odds with each other all the time. Until we figure out how uh, we can live together, and and I I don't I don't it's it's just baffling to me. But you know, if everybody works toward peace, give peace a try. <laughs> just just give peace a try. Just. Just give give peace a try. <sighs> I tell you, the more I know, the more I don't want to know. But you can't not know, right? You just you know, you just can't know. And uh, and you know, when I think about these these white folks who want to shut down history, I understand it. The more you find out about the ways white folks have been in the world, I I would if I was them I would try to suppress that too because it it just they they come across as looking like horrible people, <laughs> and and I and I and I I get it I get that you would want to suppress it I get it, you know but you know if you want to get free you got to get free so anyway that's enough of that I will say, it is riotous to see the fallout from Cat Williams. A uh, conversation with Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay. Now I don't know if white folks know Shannon Sharp or know Club Shay Shay. If you don't, get your ass to Club Shay Shay. Go to YouTube, look up Club Shay Shay. Shay Shay. S H S H A Y S H A Y. Shannon Sharp's podcast. So he had Cat Williams on for like two hours or three hours or whatever it is, and Cat Williams went in, 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 in. No lies were detected. And he know he wasn't he wasn't being mean. He was just making ops, you know, talking about things that he has observed and experienced in this thing called Hollywood, Holly Weird, and and comedy and the comedy circuit. And some of the cats who <laughs> for whatever reasons will do anything to reach this, whatever somebody says success is. 
and uh, and it was just it was just amazing, amazing to sort of hear. And so the fallout of the cats that he named in this thing, like Steve Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer, and and all these people, and uh, and but but the clap back has not been clapped back about exactly what he was talking about. The clapback has been about ins insults to him about whatever, but but not speaking to <laughs> what he put out there. I find that interesting. So my take on that is, if it's true for you, I would just shut up and let this run its course instead of saying something as a way to deflect from what was said and you never really answer or have an explanation for what was said. So I find that whole dynamic interesting, you know. It's a it's real deflection. It's real honest to God deflection hash slash gaslighting. <laughs> and then everybody that's showing up with receipts for Cat Williams. And then receipts mean evidence uh, to the fact to, to support what he was talking about. I find it all fascinating. Nobody is coming out with receipts for these other cats. If anything, it has opened the floodgates to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I had that experience with him or he he is trashed or, and I'm talking about the folks that Cat Williams called out. People have come up and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Harvey was this and 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 Cedric was that and this and that. And oh my God. <laughs> no, no receipts, but receipts. <laughs> I'm just listen, I, I I'm no comedian. I just play one on the radio. I just I just play one on the radio. So I'm just telling you. It's it's a it's been an amazing, you know. Uh, thing to watch, to watch the comments, to watch the commentary, uh, to watch people weigh in. Uh, I mean, and this thing has got like like 7 million views within like 24 hours, 48 hours, some ridiculous amount of views on this thing. It's, it's, it's something. Lord have mercy. I finally grounded my, uh, my Kenyan light rose this weekend. I finally grounded it and put it in. I bought some containers, some airtight containers. I finally grounded my Kenyan light coffee. I've got uh, another, I've got two other coffees that I need to grind. I, I still have my Jamaican roast coffees that I really should grind. I don't know why I'm saving them, but I should grind them. So I probably need some more airtight containers so I could put my Jamaican coffee in. And then I got some other coffee um some other fair trade coffee too so yeah so I, i'm gonna get it together don't you worry I'm, I'm gonna get it together so oh my god let me tell you something so i came across this uh this this crazy 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 story about whitney houston's mother father and it, I don't know how it happened. It came across my feed and it freaked me out. Like it was one of these things that uh, that freaked me all the way out when I heard it, when I saw it. I just reposted it. Like I just, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, 
I just, uh, I just, uh, I just shared it. So, so anyway, the story goes like this. Uh, Whitney Houston's father had an affair with Teresa Graves, I guess. You know, I, I don't know. I wasn't with these people. But somebody put it out there that he had an affair with Teresa Graves and that they had a love child because he was married to Sissy Houston. Uh, and uh, John Russell Houston had, had a love child with Teresa Graves and took the baby from Teresa Graves and brought the baby home to Sissy Houston, you know, like some fences type-ish. Like that August Wilson Fences. If y'all haven't seen Fences, I, I, I'm not going. I don't have a primer for you. Just go watch the Viola Davis Denzel Washington movie, and you'll get a sense of what this is about. So anyway, uh, he takes the baby from her, brings the baby home to Sissy, and Sissy raises the ba baby. They raise the baby together. The baby is Whitney Houston. Whitney. Now, I, you know, I, I love a good conspiracy theory. I, you know, Harry and I, we talk conspiracy theory all the time. Love it. But this is, I, I, I don't know if I would have believed it if they not put Teresa Gray's picture up and had her singing and talking and swear to God, if you, if you didn't look, even if you looked, you would have thought that that was Whitney Houston because she sounds mannerism and looks like this woman. And if you remember or recall, Whitney always had a tumultuous relationship with her mother, Sissy. And her mother always seemed adjacent. And when you listen to the relatives talk about how Sissy <laughs> toured and left the kids with relatives all the time, and this opened the door to some abuse that is unspoken about, you know, <laughs> all the pieces start to fit together. Now, Mr. Houston has passed away. I dare say he probably took this to his grave. I, I bet you Whitney Houston probably found out some of this, and this is what caused a great deal of the stress uh, about why they were so, uh, you know, because families keep secrets. I mean, families keep secrets like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I remember when I found out secrets in my own family, you know, how I found out I had outside brothers and sister and all this other kind of stuff. So it's not unheard of. Like when you think about this, you know, because we always think celebrities are, are separate and apart from who we are in our lives. We always think that somehow or other they have a, a much more moral calling than everyday practical people, but they don't. They lie, cheat, and backstab people all the time, just like regular people around the corner from you, right? I was so freaked out by that. Now, I don't know if this will ever reach the Houston family or if, if it'll get some groundswell or whatever. But, you know, um, 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 Whitney has passed, her daughter has passed, her father has passed, uh, to G Teresa Graves has long since passed. So... Um, and, and this will probably be one of these things where somebody in the family will eventually tell the truth, 
<laughs> not now because it's whatever. It's just too much. And and I dare say, while while Mrs. Sissy Houston is still alive, they're not gonna they're not gonna dig this up. But maybe after the fact, it might come out. So anyway, I was just wholly intrigued by that whole idea of that. And you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. You just can't. You just can't. You can't unsee it. And uh it just freaked me out. Uh it just it just uh it just freaked me out. And uh I kind of believe it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, and it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. I don't got no dog in that fight. I'm not related to these people, but I, I will, I will, I will have it on pause for myself. Like I will be like, huh, you know, I, I will have it on pause for myself. I will. So. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, I will. So, so anyway, I just thought that was a fascinating piece of of gossipy uh, 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 entertainment, gossipy history kind of stuff, and and I just don't think it's not out of the realm of possibilities for real, for real, for real. I don't. I think it's probably true, but it doesn't matter if I think it's true or not. You know, it's just one of those things that legends are made of. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those stories um, that will we ever get to the truth of it? And some stories will just have to, you know, uh, be a mystery until, like, all the parties die. And then some documents will show up or somebody in the family will be like, yeah, this is what it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's will be that. It'll, 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 it'll be that kind of foolishness, you know, it'll be, it'll be that kind of foolishness. So anyway, <laughs> it's, it's a, that's some good, I wish that could have come out early because that, because you know what, people could have got to the bottom of this and maybe it could have saved her. You know what I mean? Like, because I think when you carry secrets like that, it haunts you. And chases you to the grave, you know what I mean? Because you feel like you're carrying the weight of the world, and it really isn't yours to carry, you know. And and that's what happens when um, folks are abused; they carry the weight of the abuse as if somehow or other it it is their fault. And and I'm saying this because uh, January is um, uh, Human Trafficking Awareness uh, Awareness Month, and uh, and uh, uh, I believe the links have asked me again this year to uh, to talk about it and to help raise awareness as I have done uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and and I'm still a fan of uh, Love One Forty Six. Um, they they do all this work about trying to eradicate um, human trafficking here and abroad. Um, so so I, I say that to say. Um, there's so much that goes on in, in, in community that we turn a blind eye to. 
Uh, and there are some real uh, tools that you can use to identify if someone is being trafficked, uh, if you suspect some harm is being doled out to some children or whatever, that that if you see something that you could say something that you I want people to be empowered to. And I and I get it. We live in a time where people, you know, are reluctant to get involved because, you know, it can be dangerous. Um, it's a, a undue undue spotlight on them, that kind of stuff. But January is uh, 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 Human Trafficking Awareness and Exploitation of Children's Awareness Month. Um, and there will be all kinds of conversations and stuff going around to, so, to sort of say, um, let us uh, all be a community in eradicating uh, what is happening uh, to children and people around the globe. Um, and it is a big problem here in the United States. It's a problem here in our own community. So, so, so that's so. There, there are young people and grown-ups running around the world with the weight of this on their shoulders, as if it is their fault, as if somehow or other that they could have made a difference in their own saving. And and when you're a child, you you can't. Adults have absolute power over you. And and oftentimes adults have absolute power over other adults. So, you know, and I know it's difficult, you know, because uh when this kind of abuse happens to you, you know, you you just don't say anything because you think that uh you're gonna be blamed for it. You know, that you're going to upset somebody uh because this thing has happened. And uh, and that's that's what we're trying to to get people uh, to to change their hearts and minds about, you know that uh, nothing you could have done, nothing that you have done uh, causes any of that. It is the responsibility of adults to care for children, and uh, oftentimes we fail. I know it was a failure in my family. It was a a, a real failure in my family. Uh, and I and I and I believe as as I've aged and grown up and have some awareness that um that they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. And the shame of that was so great that it crippled them from helping to stopping it. I, and I I will believe that that is comforting to me to to believe that rather than, they didn't care enough about me or love me or anything. I, I don't believe that. I believe that early on because I didn't have any other, any other, uh, 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 I didn't have another narrative in place of that narrative because you just think, gosh, if they let this happen, that means they don't care about me. But I've learned since it's not that they just didn't have the tools. They didn't have the wherewithal to sort of stop it. And it was overwhelming to them. And it was shocking. And it was paralyzing. And that's how I see it. And that's how I'm able to have a modicum of peace around uh, what has happened to me as a child. Um, you know, and 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 it took a lot of work to sort of get there. Like I didn't just wake up like, oh, well, this is what I think. No, it it was years of doing this work and to understand and to listen and to read and to uh, purge and to have conversation and and then just in the end, ultimately decide 
how much of this do I want to affect my life? Do I want this to be the driver or do I just need to sit in the back seat? Because I want to be the driver. And I just made the decision at some point that I just wanted to drive my own life. I didn't want that, what had happened to me, to be the driver. And a lot of people can't get there. A lot of people will still have that experience or the experiences be the driver of their lives because it was so, it, and it is, it is life-changing. It is painful. It is paralyzing. It is crippling. And, and you can't, some people can't turn the key. They can't turn the corner. They can't get up off of it. They can't. And then there are some people who can. And I don't know, I don't know what the magic is for that. Like I, I only know I wanted to be in the driver of my own life. And I knew if I didn't make a change that I wasn't going to survive. I just, I just knew it. I just intuitively, I knew it. And I just saw a light over there that I wanted to walk toward. And that's, and I just kept walking toward it. And, and that's how I came up out of it. You know, that's how I, you know, uh, that's how I made peace with it as best as best as you can with when something traumatic happens to you, you know. Uh, I just didn't want it to be the driver of my life. I wanted to be the driver of my life. I wanted to have a life that I wanted. And uh and and it was and it's been a battle. It's been a battle. It wasn't an easy walk. It was a battle. You know, some decisions was driven by that experience solely, you know. And you and you have to know when that is happening and be like, oh, I'm making this decision based on <laughs> some old information, <laughs> some old experience. I'm I'm making this out of fear because X, Y, and Z because I'm whatever. So, so anyway, I'm gonna take a break, and uh, I'm coming back with uh, Ife Gardeen. She's gonna be talking about uh, the year of Baldwin, which kicks off on the 19th. So uh, come back and we're gonna chop it up in a minute. So I'll be back.
<laughs> hey, welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I am Babs Rose Ivy. I got my bestie. Hey, Ife Michelle Gardy. <laughs> hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. Of course. Because you're ready to kick off the year Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. So for, for those who have been under a rock and ain't on social media, uh, Ife, Gardine, uh, Ife Michelle Gardine and her crew at uh, Elm City Lit and Culturally Lit, right? Uh, they, are, they are celebrating the year of Baldwin, James Baldwin, who will be turning 100 years old this year. And so they have created a whole year of activities uh, to remind us and reacquaint ourselves with James Baldwin and and the and the uh, prolific work that he has put out there that is so relevant today. It's freaky. <laughs> what is it about Baldwin, Ife, that that uh, that has um, captured your your imagination and makes you want to celebrate a whole year of his one hundredth anniversary birthday? Well, because our mission, of course, you know, I started this whole thing was to to enlighten everyone of all races, especially ours, about the the significance and contributions of writers of the African diaspora. Um, and James Baldwin's essays, books, stories, plays around race issues um negro issues like without being were real without being like a, a sad story mm -hmm. like i love in hansberry who he's dancing with in my earrings right but a raisin in the sun is like a misery story james baldwin <laughs> was like woke before there was a woke <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> right? a good way to say i like that that's a good way to say that like when you look at like and, and then like I was watching I Am Not Your Negro and some of his other interviews yesterday um, from YouTube. And there were interviewers that just asked some crazy questions to him. Like, he's a Black man. Like, why wouldn't he want to be somewhere else where he was treated better? <laughs> <laughs> and and Janae's Baldwin had a range of work. Like, I mean, from, from uh, Go Telling on the Mountain to Giovanni's Room. <laughs> come on <laughs> to their eyes ain't to their eyes are watching god like i mean amen corner amen corner sorry getting my people mixed up that's right but, because they were contemporary so zora neale hurston was his contemporary so yeah and, and she was a little bit older i just I, yeah I, a little a little bit older but yeah. but still you know their eyes are watching i mean amen corner to giovanni's room to I am not your Negro. Like <laughs> he was, he was so conscientious and so aware and um, was thought of as like um, a rebel, I guess, in some ways, but appreciate it even more. And, and, and folks need to know that like this mess that we're going through now ain't new. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't new. People have been predicting stuff. So, 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 talk about when when do you start to kick off this the celebration and honoring of James Baldwin? So the the first thing is January twentieth, 
at um, the Bricks, 12 Victor Street in Hamden, where we'll have um, uh, the, our poet laureate, New Haven poet laureate, Shermont Influence of Life Little, and New London poet laureate, Josh Brown, doing um, Baldwin poetry tribute. And we'll have some music and some food. It is a pay what you can because, you know, we need some donations for our year. So we, I do raise money for Lit Fest. It ain't like I'm independently wealthy, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it costs money to like rent spaces. And every time we have an event, what people don't realize is we have to get event insurance. We have to get um, all kinds of things. And and I pay everybody. I pay the, the entertainment. Um, and we're going to talk about like there's going to be a book, a monthly book club starting at Possible Futures. Um, that is not, not like a book club, but a book group. Mm -hmm. So if you've read there, there are books on a list for every month. So if you've read or not read any of the books, we're just going to be having discussions about them. Then on the 29th at the um, Mitchell Library, we're going to um, be showing the film I Am Not Your Negro and have um, a talk, a, like a discussion, kind of talk about it um, that will be led by um, Eric Clemens, CEO of Concat Concorp. Um, and we have, and I'm uh, planning an event at the Beinecke to be determined date to be determined mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but that will be uh a um dramatic reading of several of his of excerpts of james baldwin's readings so we're inviting actors to come to to go to the Beinecke, look at james baldwin's papers and select an excerpt um to do that so that's but that's a date to be determined so coming so you, up so you have a whole year i mean the goal is is to do something every month in 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 the year of 2024 well over the course of the year mm -hmm. every month is a bit much because yeah. so, <laughs> i still got to plan lit fest and we have diaspora con coming up on um, <laughs> april 21st <laughs> I, I, sorry i wasn't i wasn't trying to add more to your your big big ass plate <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Getting ahead of I'm so excited. I mean, that was the plan. That was the plan. But then I like is 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 you know my staff they work other jobs, and um like I do this all the time, but it it's a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so 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 what what do you want people to to know about James Baldwin who who may not be readily familiar with his body of work? I want people to get an understanding of the depth of his work of how, and get motivated. Like it's Sankofa. It's like, look back on the things that he's written. There's something for everyone. Like, like for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He because has, he, he wrote about family, he wrote about religious things. He wrote about uh, homosexuality being black and uh I mean he was dealing with LGBTQ and BIPOC and and oppression and government mess, like in the oppression of everyone. Um, he was a humanitarian, he was 
so many things. And and folks need to know that he was just more than a black gay writer. And he, he made choices about why he, he left the country as mm -hmm. a lot of Renaissance writers did, like uh, uh, artists did, like Josephine Baker. I mean, and even current and more currently Tina Turner, like they chose to live somewhere else where they were more accepted. Not that you can escape oppression and racism anywhere in the world, but <laughs> yeah, except maybe on the continent. But um, I want people to take away that, like, like at least read something of Baldwin's or, or, or look at the film or, or look at some of his interviews and see how insightful it is. And all these, the, the activists and the folks who were, um, who are out here, you know, artivists <laughs> 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 to get some motivation because, um, oh God, now I can't remember it. I should have wrote it down. One of his quotes is about how art is, is more than, more than visual. Art is, makes you think. Art makes you gives you a, a catalyst for taking action art brings awareness and his and his literary art did that in every way i mean the amen corner is about the dynamics of like a church and a play like it, it's just so profound to me the depth of his writing and how far he went with it yeah and how yes i i'm always struck too um I, do you do you think a James Baldwin can exist today? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, because that's pretty, that's pretty profound. Well, Babs, uh, I believe, and there may be somebody out there coming up, up and coming. I, you know, um, like when Tennessee Coates came out with was his. Uh, the, against the world and me or against the world and me or whatever and they're like oh he's the next age and no he's Tony he's coat he's him right because he wrote to his nephew or son in his time he wrote to his son in his time in this time and James Baldwin was writing for that time and inspiring people for the future Right. And so. And he had nothing to lose, like like he literally spoke and wrote like he had nothing to lose, whereas like you listen to people sometimes and they they at the verge of that. And then it's they won't you know, I can't say no, I there may be a James Baldwin ish inspired or person out there. They won't get the attention. <laughs> mm. because when also when I look at these the when I look at the interviews with him or look at I am not your negro like it was a time where people were fighting for civil rights more and and folks were having were more apt to having the hard conversations now everybody gets all sensitive because it's not like you're going to offend this one or I got to be included or this or that. And everybody is included in those conversations. Mm. Right. Every, he addressed all issues equally and not like 
categorized and things are so categorized now that everybody gets offended. So people are like, oh, I can't, like, they don't want to say this, that, or the other. So it's restrictive. Mm, and that's a good point. when you when you speak to something like you have nothing to lose, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's real, it's more real. It's just more real. I love it. So, so, so what do you make of all this book banning? Because I'm sure there are some Baldwin books that are banned in places where they're banning black books about black culture and black activism. <laughs> you know, people, the people that are banning the books are not the people that are, they're not taking their time to read all these books that they're banning. This. <laughs> They're not even reading the synopsis of the books that they're been. They they don't even freaking have a clue what they're doing. It's like I saw I did see something too yesterday. I was watching so much stuff um, about the Nazis burning books mm. right right before they because it's a way to limit people. When I was young and and probably when you were young the. A lot of things that we read, books that we read, took us somewhere else, introduced us to somewhere else, opened up a world to us that we became curious about. When people read to their children, like people become more, it, it, it just opens up their world. It shows them, even if it's Dr. Seuss or whoever, because they they man in Dr. Seuss, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he's going with Dr. Seuss now. Like, it's a freaking rhyme, people. Like damn, green eggs and ham, really, really. <laughs> like they're breaking down too much stuff now. I'm, I'm really working not to cuss, Harry. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's it's ridiculous. Like what you you're banning is you want so instead of freedom of speech or freedom of thought, you want everybody to think like you. And so these people have limited, the people that are banning the books have limited minds. Florida, you mm -hmm. know, in the meantime, there's, I guess, there's pockets of people like in within Florida that are, I guess, doing their own book clubs and it's probably independent bookstores shout out to them if they're maintaining their businesses down there because you need to do stuff like that. Yeah. Despite the banning of the book. So the books can't be in a public library. Okay, well, then maybe the library association can give book clubs, I mean, uh, independent bookstores a, a means to, or the publishers who have more money can give independent bookstores a, a bunch of books that are banned and to give away. There's ways around it. So you know, it's just ignorant people to me. It's just like, I, I just can't believe the level of the ignorance of people that run this country. <laughs> so, so France um, took, took Baldwin in, welcome Baldwin, love Baldwin. Um, and they in Paris are planning activities too, to celebrate uh, uh, James Baldwin turning 100. So what, what have you, what have you heard or seen or, or know about what's going on in Paris? So um, a group of academics um, uh, in Professor Anthony Pender based in uh, at em Emory University in Massachusetts um, are Baldwin scholars and they have um, 
for, I forgot how many years, had this retreat, this Baldwin retreat, writer's retreat and in Paris. And they also in Turkey, I believe he was in Turkey for a while. And so they, they bring writers together, a group of writers together to like visit Baldwin, the places where he was and he lived and they create a curriculum around him and also um, inspire to, for you to inspire to write your story. And, and it's a wonderful thing. And I, I hope to go this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to travel the world free, free. <laughs> it would be nice, but you know, somebody going, it's going to be a finance somehow. Thank you, Lord. I'm putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> yes and, and ebay needs an assistant so pay for us to go to paris so he can celebrate you're gonna be in law school i, I don't care <laughs> books books can travel <laughs> ah, so all right so talk a little bit about some of the things i mean you talked a little bit about some of the things that you're planning but um but uh what do you what are some of the things that you're most excited about what I'm most excited about is um, the actually the book discussions. I'm not. I'm most excited about all of it. Um, the book discussions because I I I want folks to come to get to gain an awareness. You don't necessarily have had to go through like I got the books up here. Like I, got, I am not your Negro, so we're gonna show the film so you can see the film and you don't have to read the book. But um, what else I got? I got um go tell it on the mountain like every every month you don't have to have read a book but if we can if you can come to a book discussion and we can inspire you to at mm. least pick up one of Baldwin's books or look at his body of work and apply it like I would love for it to be an inspiration um the film discussion as well as the the book event um and the 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 talk we're planning at the Bonnecke to be motivation and inspiration for for artists, for activists, for people who like, oh wow, you know, spark some kind of thought about how you're how what you're doing in activism or how your uh, what your approach is to it. because people really think stuff is new. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, one of my favorite things by Baldwin is his, uh, his, his critical analysis of uh, Native Son, which is, you know, one, oh. of the, one of the stories I just absolutely hate. Like I just absolutely hate it. Not, not because I, I don't, I don't hate it because it's black. I hate it because it, it's not for black people. It's not written, I think, for black people. And I feel the same way that James Baldwin felt that that this was not a real authentic attempt at showing some showing folks who we are i think it was for a very specific audience to continue a narrative about what they believe about us and this was this is an easy an easy uh, uh acceptance for them to say oh yeah that's how they are <laughs> well it's like that book that um that movie that's out now is it out now american fiction that i want to see with jeffrey yeah. right right um and 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 there and there could be a debate going on now about like there is a a genre that is urban fiction because 
them books are going to come out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard Wright was writing from his space of where he is. Like, I really, you, Black people are, are some of our are, are more accepting of how we are in our struggle and other people are not Babs. And, and there are folks who think, they still think the Native Son was a painful book to read. An even more painful movie to watch. and a play, like, and a play. It was oh. painful. As as beautiful as Victor, whatever his name was, that played that role, he's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like you find the most beautiful man to play the most miserable thing. <laughs> oh, you okay. know, there may be, and we gonna get somebody writing about oh, you know, native son, blah blah. Okay, because again, everybody ain't woke. It, like like James Baldwin's just like brought like if if there was a term in that time he was woke and there were other writers during that time that that weren't I mean Zora Neale Hurston her stories too they're so rich and real right and and speak to the human side of people and why we have to do what we do or how mm -hmm. we have to behave like there's a story behind how people why people are how they are you know i mean and they don't and nobody flips around the side of the of native son that says you know bottom line was i hope i'm not offending i don't care if i'm offending anybody. it was a drunk white girl like who was trying to seduce him <laughs> yeah and he didn't know what to do with that <laughs> uh oh ooh. yeah no you know, yeah. Karen got drunk <laughs> and yeah. tried to seduce him. And then it was what 1950 something. So that that turned left. And for Richard, Fast. that was that was a reality. I mean, it, that's that's just how that went. That how I feel about that anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, I I love the fact that Baldwin was like, we gotta talk about this. Mm -hmm. Like we we can't just let this be out there and no critical analysis be done about it. Do you know what I mean? And the same way that you would you would have critical analysis about any, you know, you would have critical analysis about any book that that spoke to uh uh the the black experience, no matter who wrote it. And it is, and what we have to understand too, because people are quick to get offended about a movie coming out or some, uh, something else coming out that, oh, that ain't us. That ain't a reflection of us. That, you know, it's not. Like, okay, Medea ain't everybody's experience. Yeah. But it's somebody's experience because Tyler Perry did the Chitlin Circuit to a whole bunch of churches all around and that's that's the foundation for now he can make whatever kind of movie he wants whether he was in a dress or not people mad at uh the buzz now is um cat williams and his whole diatribe about how he he's saying all this stuff about all these other actors because he on tour all the time and they on tv they not on tour like they you know although kevin hart is on tour for ridiculous amounts of money <laughs> <laughs> like he needed <laughs> but you know what I'm but what I'm my point is 
that there's always going to be that there, there always needs to be the all the every version of how we are mm. I believe, right and james baldwin in his just brilliance says okay i'm challenging this i want you to know that there's this is not our own this is that's his that's richard wright's story that's not our story that's not the dynamic and and basically he said what you said it was not written for us it was written for you to feel good about lynching <laughs> it was for yeah. like for real if you think about it that just gave you know reasons yeah. for white academics to like say okay well you know our our white women are not safe in the company our of white black women men. Are not safe, Even then. if they work for us, they're not safe. And so therefore, this is the punishment. And we can kill a 13-year-old boy who whistled at claimed the woman claimed whistled at her mm -hmm. without listening to her. Because again, Karen got drunk. And the <laughs> the synopsis of Native son is Karen got drunk and was trying to seduce him and he did not know how to handle that. That wasn't his reality. Yeah. Oh. We could go deep. <laughs> but but that's but that's, you know, and I, I love it because we could have this Baldwin conversation in 2024 because it is so very relevant in 2024. It's still very relevant. It really is. I mean, um, if I mean, look at Jonathan Majors with that woman. Say, it's, for me, it's the same foolishness. It's the same. Oh, yes. It's the that. same conversation as far as but, I'm concerned. And, and yet, yet some folks don't learn the lesson of sometimes you can't mess with. If Karen ain't been with no black men until the black man got famous, I'm sorry. <laughs> she listen she didn't lose her marble contract he lost okay. his marble contract okay okay she got all kinds of sympathy and i'm and i'm not defending whatever whatever happened in that vehicle whatever happened i mean we heard that ridiculous phone call you know that the she i mean she she saved i mean she taped him saying all this ridiculous stuff exactly you know i i it's a heavy, I, I feel like it's a heavy price to pay. He's paying a heavy, heavy price for, for, for this. I don't know. I, I, I would say a lot of it is an unfair price, but every price is pretty much unfair. I mean, no, no one is gonna, it, it'll always be people be like, he didn't pay enough. There'll be people who will say he shouldn't have paid at all. You know, it was unfair. It was unjust. I mean, it, there's enough of that. Um, and in I, I the meantime, just, then I've heard that his, you know, being with um the sister now. But ain't but ain't we always the rescuers in these stories? <laughs> we either the mama, the mammy, the auntie, the girl. You know, we are always because <laughs> she was this, not his first choice. This bridge not, called this bridge called my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Which is another book that people need to look up. This bridge yeah. called my back. This bridge called my back, and uh, and so I, I, so you know, all of us that sit, sit and watch this play out. I mean, we, you know, thank God, you know, no, no white mob came and killed him. But 
you know, when you when you take somebody's livelihood away from them, it's 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 the same as far as I'm concerned. Because where are you gonna work? He got work. And the way he works is visibility. And if nobody is saying, come make a movie with, come and do this. Although, you know, you know, the black community is forgiving. So we are very forgiving. So somebody, Tyler Perry will give him a job or uh, <laughs> whoever, whoever else is out there making <laughs> films, right? <laughs> Ava DuVarnay might, she might, I don't know. I don't know how she feels about it. She might put him in something somewhere down the line. Um, or yeah, Spike Lee might not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have been with a sister in the first place. <laughs> so I don't. You know what I mean? Like so. So the Baldwin conversation um, is timeless. Uh, it's so timely and timeless. So timeless. It is. He his just body of work. Like I have to, I, I've been spending some time rereading stuff. I'm glad I was cooped up in the snowstorm this weekend because <laughs> I like just rereading stuff and, and re-acclimating myself and, and, and confirming why this is really necessary. And at this time when there are wars going on, when there are people thinking of like just disrespecting each other. Yeah. Yeah. completely and not like James Baldwin talked about sources of thing like this is why people are doing this when you do when this is the result this is the consequence when this is a thing happening this is a consequence yeah that's pretty and, powerful. It, and the consequences don't go away they just yeah. don't yeah like generational consequences <laughs> like like we're still paying for stuff, right? Like we still, like we seem to be the only ones still paying for enslavement, for misogyny, for racism, for I mean, we're we're paying a heavy, heavy, heavy price. Uh, still, it is never ending. No, it seems never ending. Yes, it seems never ending. Yes, 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 oh. yes, yes. Anywho, so. so I am not your Negro. <laughs> January 29th, on January 20th at the Bricks, 12 Victor Street in Hamden, mm-hmm. come to the James Baldwin party. Yeah, so see, that's James the thing. Baldwin There's a party. There's a celebratory component to this. So people don't feel like, oh my God, I don't want to come and be dragged through some, you know, whatever. No, it's celebratory of this man's body of work and the life that he tried to live and the gifts that he has given us that still speak to where we are in 2024. Because we're gonna have some good music. Beyond the Salt Food Truck is gonna have some good food. Woohoo! And um, we're gonna have some complimentary beer and wine. And we're gonna have the poet, the black two black male poet laureates from Connecticut, um, Charmant, Influence of Life, inaugural poet laureate for New Haven, and Josh Brown, urban poet from New London are going to um do some some Baldwin they're 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 originating some poetry Baldwin inspired and I love mm-hmm. that for both mm-hmm. of them because they're they're just brilliant um because Charmant blew it up at uh the inauguration 
Yes. That democracy poem. But anyway, yeah, so come out to those things. Go on um, our website and Possible Futures website for the monthly book clubs. And yeah, come through. I mm -hmm. see. I like it. That's a good idea. So I want to see y'all out there. So come go to the websites. And if you're on social media, I mean, it's, it is, it is everywhere on social media, which is really nice. And uh, we're going to blow it up for the inner city too. So we're going to put it, put it in our pages. Um, and so it'll, it'll be a good time. I mean, and you have a whole year of things planned. So people, so if you miss one thing, don't feel like, oh my God, I missed it for the whole year. No, there's, there's going to be stuff coming up um, that you'll want to be, be a part of. Yep. And we're going to look out for, I mean, things will be coming up because um, Charmant will also, I forgot to mention in March, we'll be doing a um, poetry workshop from with Baldwin um, writings as prompts okay. or something like that. And that's in March also at po Possible Futures. Um, and then the Beinecke thing will be, we'll announce that date soon. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Ife. It is always a pleasure to have you on. You're welcome to come on anytime. I appreciate you know, that. As things come up, come back and we'll talk about them. You know what I mean? Like as as more Baldwin activities come up and, and bring some people with you if you want. <laughs> yeah. My people be working other jobs. I know, right? <laughs> the culture really let people, it's like the hardest working people in town. <laughs> oh they all in these art streets. They are in these art streets. Working, 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 working. So, so yeah. So I, I will be at, at pretty much all the Baldwin uh, activities because I am a Baldwin devotee, uh, and I think I think this is such a perfect time. So thank you for for uh, elevating Baldwin for this for the city of New Haven uh, because you. I think this is timely. It's really timely, and and we could get a few people to to get reintroduced to Baldwin or introduced to Baldwin, then I think you your your work is done. <laughs> That's the point. Like, you know, just come out and learn. Yes. You ain't gotta we, we ain't asking you to read like the whole body of work like we have. <laughs> you know, I'm I, a, I read. I talk a lot, but I read too, y'all. Yeah, she is an avid reader, as am I. And I think that's a good idea, Ife. I might start rereading some of the Baldwin stuff too. So it's a, I'll pull my stack of Baldwins and just jump into something, see what's happening. So thank you thank so much you for so your much. time this morning. It's good to and see you. And shout out to my team, Charmaine, Juanita, Zanaya, and now Isaac Bloodworth. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we got to keep and all Naomi. the community. Yes. Keep the Naomi, community tight. Naomi. Yeah, yes. I, I love my team, but they at work. They working hard. They working. They got to be at work. So. But thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Harry, play us out. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> there we go.